Welcome to the Marketers in Motion podcast, powered by the West Michigan chapter of the American Marketing Association. Marketing is our passion, and as a chapter, we hope to inspire dialogue, fuel creativity, and create a community for marketers everywhere. Let the inspiration and dialogue begin. We're online at amawestmichigan.org and active on social media, where you can connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn. The national hub for the American Marketing Association is ama.org, where you can also find a chapter near you. The Marketers in Motion podcast is on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and at amawestmichigan.org, where we encourage you not only to subscribe to our podcast, but review, ask questions, get involved, and engage with us. Hello, we're your Marketers in Motion podcast hosts. I'm Josh Janoviak. And I'm Megan Pear. With unemployment at 3% and upcoming demographic changes imminent, it's all hands on deck to help in the war on talent. Now, we should clarify, Megan, that this, mm-hmm. a couple of weeks ago, has definitely changed in the course of the coronavirus pandemic. And uh, one of the things we're going to talk about a lot is just how much all of this has changed in the last couple of weeks. But at the time of the launch presentation, it was yep. an unemployment rate of 3%. And in the past, it was HR's responsibility to find and hire the right people. Now, successful companies are realizing that recruitment is every department's responsibility. Marketing teams are being tapped to assist HR and talent acquisition departments. And what does that mean for your company? How does your marketing team tackle all other duties as assigned when it comes to attracting talent? And how do you integrate this new audience in your existing marketing efforts? Some other things we'll talk about today is the importance of having an employment brand, how to develop it and where to implement it, how to redefine your audience from potential clients to clients and candidates, ways for marketers to collaborate with the HR team and selling the community as well as the company. Lots of great discussion and I'm sure we'll have a different lens given everything that's happening. But before we dive in, I want to say a huge shout out to our sponsors. Um, First and foremost, thank you to our new podcast sponsor, River City Studios. Although we're not recording there today as we are doing our due diligence here and practicing social distancing and keeping our community safe. Um, They've been with us uh, as we record in person and even virtually, and they've been just such a great help. So River City Studios, they offer recording, mixing and mastering for podcasts, TV, film, radio, and musicians. So check them out online at rivercitystudios.com. We also want to give a big thank you to our annual AMA West Michigan sponsors that support our programming year-round. So our gold sponsors, MIBiz and Vizcom Media. Our silver sponsors, Pageworks, Bird and Bird Studio, and Red 66 Marketing. And our bronze sponsors, OFA and Grand Valley State University Conference and Event Planning. Now to meet our guest today. First, Cindy Brown serves as the Vice President of Talent Initiatives and collaborates with other talent-related organizations to address regional talent pipeline challenges. She worked jointly as the Executive Director for Hello West Michigan and Vice President of Talent Initiatives for The Right Place for many years before stepping into her role for The Right Place full-time. In addition, her experience includes Project Management and Director of Human Resources, Currently, Cindy serves on the boards of West Michigan Works, Workforce Development, and Goodwill Industries of Greater Grand Rapids. Cindy's favorite part about living in West Michigan is Lake Michigan, the sunsets, the beaches, and the lake effect snow. I love the snow too, Cindy. Uh, I feel like that's a conversation we can have that lake affects snow. Oh, Cindy. <laughs> I am not with Josh on that one, but we'll, we'll let that one pass. Um, also joining us today is Rachel Gray. She is the executive director of Hello West Michigan. And as the executive director for Hello West Michigan, she leads the organization's strategy, operations, and membership. She helps educate employers and prospective candidates about the region. Hello West Michigan, for those of you that don't know, is a talent attraction and retention organization promoting West Michigan as a great place to live and work. The organization, which helps member companies increase the rate of success in recruiting top talent, was the first organization of its kind in the country. Nice job. Go West Michigan. Well, welcome to you both. Thank you. Thank you very much. 
Good to be here with you virtually. Now, again, we are all recording remotely in our own places, practicing that social distancing and, and self-quarantining. And this is, Megan, really the first podcast we've recorded since all of the uh, coronavirus pandemic has unfolded. So um, I do apologize in advance if any of the audio is not up to our regular standards. Of course, we're recording in a studio is, uh, is much different than this. But uh, I think we're doing pretty well. And, you know, kudos to the technology that allows us to do this and do virtual happy hours now. So this is great to have everybody together. Kudos to you guys for saying, let's go ahead and, and keep this on the calendar because, um, you know, I think uh, we all just have to go for it in, in these days of kind of unknown and, and pivot and adjust. Absolutely. Well, I think uh, this is a good time for us to probably, you know, talk about this situation too. I'm sure given the work that you guys do, you've seen a lot of changes in the last couple of weeks and how this has really affected kind of HR marketing and recruitment marketing. So maybe we can kind of just start there a level set and we can go into some of some of the things that you talked about at the luncheon so how's how has the past couple of weeks been for you guys so it's been a it's been a bit interesting um you know uh two weeks ago there were employers that did not allow their people to work from home and work remotely and now um there are people working from home and working remotely so uh communication trust um a lot of internal communication has to happen for people to understand, number one, what what does it mean to re work remotely? What does it mean to say business is carrying on? Um, what does it mean um, from an internal perspective of um, just getting communication to your your team as well as outside of the company as well? And then there's there's the outside stuff too, which I'll let Rachel talk about. Um, but you know, from an internal perspective, you know, we have to keep our people motivated because working from home is different. Um, the introverts are seem to be happy, um, but the extroverts are not happy. So those happy hours you talked about, those virtual happy hours you talked about, Josh, extremely important. Yeah, it's and the gosh, the importance of communication. I'm I'm learning that firsthand. I'm I'm lucky enough to be uh, in a situation where I can do 99.9% of my stuff remotely, and as long as people are, are communicating and remember that, remembering that I'm I'm there even though I'm I'm not physically there. Um, you know that in, that communication that that goes out to everybody right now on behalf of all organizations on all brands of what they're doing in this pandemic is so important. But the thing to to remember too is you know that the employees and the whole team has to really be on the same page ideally before that is sent out externally and that can be so that can be so tough i know for the organization i work for we have numerous office numerous offices in in different locations so it's very tough kind of keeping everybody on that same communication field again the technology is there but now it's just the infrastructure and with everybody being as busy as they are because now we're all you know tapped to do different things just to keep up with all this so to keep communication on top and a key in this time is it's a very challenging thing and Rachel, you were chatting with us a little bit before we started the podcast here. So talk to us a little bit about how important it is for, you know, the marketing teams, HR teams, all of the kind of senior leadership teams in a time like this to be on that forefront of communication. Yeah, you know, I think the big thing is just to be united in, in what the message is and make sure that all the teams um, whether that be departments, but then the team itself all the way through every level of that team really be up to date. Um, so that, that way that the message that is getting shared is the same and it's united ac across the company. Um, you know, I think this was really unique because uh, with the COVID situation is it seemed to change every day. It seemed to change, you know, from, from morning to afternoon, you'd be getting different directions. Um, and then all of a sudden, you know, I think for some companies when they said, all right, we're going to work remote, uh, which seems like, a, I think, a big relief for people who who want to, um, you know, physically distance and, and not come into contact with uh, physical contact with people. Then all of a sudden, I think some people noticed that some communication stopped when they actually left the physical office. And that's where that's where you really have to over communicate. So, you know, I think we're seeing all sorts of, you know, blog posts about how to work remotely and how to manage a team remotely. Um, but think about what you already do with your team. So, for instance, we saw, um, you know, we saw one blog post that said, hey, check in with your team once a week uh, while you're working remotely. Well, you know, if you have a really big team or maybe your monthly team meetings are once a month, then, yeah, once a week, maybe over communicating and that may be stepping it up, which is nice. But for just for example, for our team, 
our team uh, is always touching base uh, at least once a week, if not, you know, formally more than once a week. And so we just said, you know what, to, to kind of get this started and get us through our first week, we're going to have daily meetups. We're going to sit for at least a half hour, an hour each day to talk to each other, see how we're doing and really see, you know, it's not just work stuff that we cover. It's also talking a lot of personal, you know, how are you adjusting? Um, and I think as we're all sort of transitioning and kind of pivoting to this, this new routine and this new rhythm that stepping it up from whatever is normal for you um, to over communicate during at least this time of transition is really important and really important for everyone to be on the same page. Yeah, no, that was going to be my question too. I mean, any tips that you can offer for, again, regardless of the size of the company, if people in, in different locations, is it really just that daily, is it a daily virtual meeting you guys do, a phone meeting, a, a webinar? Or... Well, I think I think it's whatever makes sense for that organization. Um, you know, the, the information has just been coming like crazy, email after email mm-hmm. and text, and now we're on Teams. And you know, then there's there's all the different platforms on video, and we're seeing all of this information. Um, number one, you know, reading reading it, understanding what it is before you just send you just hit send, because we're getting multiple uh, bits of information from all different types of of resources, and we as the right place and uh, Hello West Michigan, we want to help our members out because our employers, members, the community to say, look, this is what. This is good information. You need to know this. So we have to go through and dissect too to say, okay, this is this is happening, but um, it's probably going to change. So let's wait to send that out before we send another piece of communication out. Makes mm-hmm. sense. Let's talk a little bit about then. Um, I guess to get back into the 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 presentation and and the unemployment. So I know we said three percent was that number. Um, I have to imagine you probably don't even have a number now because everything is just no. so skewed. <laughs> You know, it it has it, it is skewed. I saw um, that there was over five. It was over a five hundred percent increase in um, in people that have filed in in just the week. So wow. um, I, that is, I mean, that that is already outdated probably because I saw that mm-hmm. I think on Thursday or Friday. So it's probably way more than that. Um, you know, the the idea of this presentation was to to really talk about HR. And, and marketing getting together to sell the, their, their, their positions, number one, that are open, but to sell the company. And this is real life right now happening where mm-hmm. you ha- those, two organ- those two departments have to work. They have to be so attached at the hip right now because there's, if you want to stay in your lane, there's talent and then there's marketing. But really, it's, it's both, you know, and... We really need to focus in on, um, on on getting those two departments to talk. I know at the presentation, you know, I had some questions of people asking, you know, how do you start that conversation? Well, we all have talents, and that communication for it to be well-rounded, we need information from HR. We need from all the departments right now, especially in this situation. But we need we need that information from the HR side. We also need a really good creative way to do it from the marketing side. And, and, and that's really what this whole foundation of this presentation was about, was, was really showing examples of how companies are utilizing the creativity of marketing departments to sell their employment brand. And then also um, that internal communication like we've been talking about. If, if those two departments are working um, pretty well together, I bet you those companies have had a smooth transition to this situation because they're able to get that information out both internally and externally to their clients and customers, as well as internally to their to their team. Now, is that the traditional structure, or at least what you would recommend? Is HR, of course, addressing the the staff, the employees, and getting that pertinent information out to them first, and then sending it on to the marketing and communications team to then adjust it for public customers, et cetera? I would actually get marketing to help with that internal message as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's where if you work together to get that messaging and, and maybe HR doesn't always have to go to marketing to get that pizzazz to it. Um, but, but I think just having that foundation is what will help. 
Yeah, I think you're absolutely right on that aspect, though. I mean, one of the, the skills of a marketer is to be able to fully understand their audience, while employers and employees are, are two different audiences there. And so bringing them in on the level of strategy, even if it's internal communications, they can kind of help parse down what is this audience needing to hear? How are they going to react to it? Um, what are the type of narratives that we need to put out in the messaging and all of that? So bringing them in from ground up. Well, and I, absolutely. Yeah, and I think you know, being being timely of it as well. I mean, we just had. Oh as, goodness, yes. <laughs> the, yeah, I mean, the the day that we're recording this, just this morning in the state of Michigan, you know, Governor Whitner gave her stay home, stay safe address. So, okay, you know what? How does that impact the organization? How are we going to pass that on to employees? How does that, you know, how does that layer infect the employees? And and you know what positions we're gonna we're gonna keep open, keep here, keep working remotely, shut down, limit, et cetera. And then again to the the public or the customers or the communities, then how is that information going to get out to them? And because they're going to be looking for those answers right away, do we address people right away? Hey, we acknowledge we saw what the governor said this morning, and we're now discussing how that's going to impact us. So we'll let you know as soon as possible. And it's just everything is unfolding so quickly and it's nonstop. So it really needs to be constant communication. So I think being really like Rachel said, making sure that we're we're sending the same message both internally and externally. Um, so we continue to say the language that we need to say for everybody to understand it. So whether that is, uh, you know, in a time of, of crisis, like maybe what we're in now, or just in kind of our normal times as well, how would you recommend if marketing and HR are not talking? How do we, how do we bridge that gap? And what are some best practices to kind of engage both teams? Right, Rachel. Go ahead, Rachel. Yeah, you know, so one of the first things um, I think that, that always sort of comes up is either um, HR is saying that, hey, we need help. Um, because we just can't find the people that we need. So who else do we turn to, to help us find the people that we need? And they, they go to marketing and, and say, Hey, um, you know, can you help us? Can you find people for us? You find clients, um, or you find customers. So can you also find us, uh, job candidates? Um, on the other side, it may be the marketing team saying, you know, either Probably no one's saying we have extra capacity, but what they might be saying is, is, you know what, we're seeing the materials that HR is churning out. And maybe from the marketing perspective, we're seeing that these could be um, livened up a little bit, or, you know, there's maybe a better way to align the brand of what HR is talking about and what talent acquisition is talking about to really be more reflective of our company overall. Um, so it's not that, hey, this is the file of everything that we push out to potential customers, and then this is the file to candidates. You know, why can't those messages be integrated? Um, you know, I think Cindy has a great example. Um, I love this example um, of Enterprise Rent-A-Car, um, what their employment brand is and what their customer brand is. They, they integrate really well. Maybe, Cindy, you can talk about that. Um, they're, they're different messages, but they integrate really well because they put a lot of um, thought and strategy behind it. That's a great transition. Oh, no, you're fine. I was just say, what is an employer brand? For those who are going, what are they talking about there? Why do I need to have both an employer brand and a customer brand? So maybe you can kind of help clarify. Yeah. That. So your employment brand really describes your company's reputation as a place to work and for your employee value proposition. So what is it like to actually work there um, versus what does this place make or sell? Um, you know, the company invests a lot of money and resources into developing the company brand and voice. You need to do just as much investing in your employment brand, because if you don't have talented people, if you don't have an employment brand to attract talented people, then your company is not going to have talented people to work there. So it's really important that you have language to talk about what is it like to work here and not just to say, well, I sit at a desk and I answer email and you know, this is what it's like, you know, what is something tangible about why it's great to work there. And to be honest, every single person at your company, every single current employee should be able to answer why is it great to work for your company or what is it like to work there? Every employee should be able to answer that because that means that, whatever employment brand that you've created is not just in a file somewhere or hung up on a, you know, a sign. It's something that everyone experiences. And so they're living it and they're feeling it, which means they have a much better connection to it. So when someone asks, they're better able to remember it and, and share it. 
Uh, I mean, that's what brand is all about. Well, and I think it, it really goes back to, again, something that we talk about a lot in this podcast, you know, Simon Sinek's whole start with why, not the what you do or how you do it, but why do you do it? Um, you know, why is your brand or company different than anybody else's and, and why should people trust and, and work with you versus somebody else? And I, I completely agree. I mean, as a customer, um, I want to know that I'm supporting a great company that's doing, you know, great things and has a mission other than just making money. And as an employee, I want to go work for a company where that culture supports that as well. And, you know, people are there and they're excited to be there and they love what they do. And also to have that balanced team. Um, I couldn't agree more that if there was ever a time to put all of your money and resources is, is the talent acquisition, because the people that you have on your team that can complement your shortcomings and complement your teams. I mean, there's, there's just, there's nothing that you can't do if you have an awesome team behind you. Absolutely, you know, and, and what Rachel was referring to at Enterprise, we, we used, it was simple, cars and people, right? Without cars, you don't need people. If you don't have good people, you don't have cars. And that's really what it broke down to. Um, and you, you, you hit the nail on the head, Josh, because our, our people are so important and we're realizing it in today's market right now. In this situation today, we are realizing it from our healthcare professionals to our hospitality um, professionals to our, our service industry. I mean, we are not able to get our essential um, stuff if it is not for those workers at Meyer, Spartan Ash, Gordon Foods, and other places. Um, same thing with the healthcare. And, you know, all of us are extremely important to a pipeline um, of, of, of physicians at any company. And this is a really good time for us to really sit back and understand that. And I think if there's a silver lining, it is that, to realize how important our people are and not thinking them just, you know, I hate the word when people say talent. I hate when they say, oh, it's talent. It's people, because we all have lives, right? And we're all in different situations and this is all affecting us so differently. Um, so we really do need to pay attention um, to make sure that we get the best candidates, but we also talk about the best parts of our company um, so that the candidates um, make a good fit. Because as you started out, Josh, we talked about unemployment. There's gonna be people laid off and our companies are going to get out of this. A lot of companies will get out of this. It's gonna take a little bit. We have some history with the recession, you know, a few years back. We, 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 West Michigan did pretty good getting out. Who's gonna come work for you? You know, who, where's that loyalty? Where's that excitement? You know, and, and so that's why we're so excited that you kept this on, um, this podcast, because I really do believe that this is a time for employers that are dealing with that short term. There's short term things and needs that have to be done today and decisions that have to be done today. But you can't lose sight of that long term. And I think that's something we have to really um, keep in the back of our minds. We have to keep thinking about that long term as well, because the candidates they're out there. There's going to be some that are laid off. There's going to be some that want to stay in the community. Um, we need to get them back to work as soon as we are able to once this, once our curve changes and we're able to start doing that again. I think one of the challenges that, that comes with that, Cindy, is really the HR and, and marketing budgets, let's say. How can we get those to integrate and work together? Because I think they're kind of both in the same boat, um, especially if you're starting out, you know, new in marketing or you don't have a lot to prove your previous track record. You know, with marketing, you have to fight to get a budget to say, hey, we can do so much more if we have some money to do this. And until we prove that, it's hard to, to justify. But HR, I mean, you're bringing in talent, but that that department doesn't really bring in any income. So how can those budgets work together for the good of the the good of the company. Yeah, and I think both of us will have an answer on this because I, I come from a background of HR where I mean I was told daily you are a non-revenue making department and you are so conscious of that. Yet um, people is one of the most important things we have. Top three line items in any company. And we're seeing that today with everything going on. So Yes, it's, it's very tight in both of those, those, those budgets. However, that's where we get our employees to start working with us and for us. Because Rachel mentioned it already, if our employees can, can recite, and I don't mean verbatim from a website, I right. mean recite, why are you here? 
why do you love working for XYZ company? You know, I'm, I'm a lot older than Rachel, so I use this example a lot, but when I was in school, um, our parents, our friends' parents came to school and said, here's a day in the life. Here's what it's like to be this person. We don't get that as much now in the pipeline. Now there's events for our K through 12 to find out what it's like to work wherever they're working. Um, and, and they can see different things like with my career quest and a couple other events that happen. But how do I even know what it's like to work at an organization? You know, and that, that is so, so, so important to find out um, to get our employees to start talking it up. I, I know there's my, on, on our, where we live right now in our neighborhood, I guarantee you, I don't know what half these people do for a living. We don't talk about it anymore. When you went in the schools, you told everybody what you did. There was a, there was a pride, right? And we had to get back to that. We got to get back to, to allowing our employees to tell the story of what they're doing. Why do they like working there? What's, you know, let them have, I think we got nervous with Facebook and everything that we didn't want people, you know, sharing too much on those, those social channels, but let's use it to our advantage because if we don't have those budgets, you have to figure out a way to get that, that word out about how cool of a place it is to work there. Yeah, I think the key there too, and we see this a lot on the consumer side, one of the most successful things is authenticity. And I think it's uh, employers, uh, you know, creating that brand that's not just a fancy marketing message. Like you said, not just reading it off a website because it's something that we put out and it's fancy and, you know, all polished, but finding those authentic narratives um, and sharing those in authentic ways, like social media. And, you know, what is what is the most authentic story someone can tell about their job? It's when your neighbor that you know or your friend that you know that they they don't complain about the place where they work. <laughs> you know, they talk about how much they enjoy it or, you know, how the family is involved. Um, that employee referral is can be one of the most powerful tools for for a company. And so you know, if your culture is pervasive and if people are living it and people do enjoy, um, do enjoy working for you, then can you take that and, and really turn it to your benefit with an employee referral program? Meaning that if, you know, you're an employee and you refer a new employee who gets hired, um, do you get, do you get money? I mean, actual cash money on the table. What, what does that look like? If that, the person you referred stays six months, is there additional money? Um, you know, how can you utilize this, you know, the workforce that you have in front of you, which is basically this resource that may be untapped if you're not already doing this, but if you don't give them the tools, um, a little bit of incentive with money is great, but if you don't give them the tools, in other words, words to talk about what it's like to work here, right. They may be able to feel it and they may, they may feel like, yeah, I enjoy my job. I enjoy going to work every day. But then if you don't, if as marketing, you don't give them words of this is how we describe it here. And you don't reinforce that every day at work through internal communications and HR, you know, if all of that messaging, those messaging platforms aren't saying the same thing together, then how does that employee use their words when they're talking to their neighbor to say, yeah, this is what it's like to work at company XYZ. So kind of given that, have you seen a trend, um, you know, with the, the kind of hot talent market, have you seen companies actually carve out either budget or bring in a marketer solely dedicated to employee brand recruitment, all of those? Are, is that kind of on the rise or have you seen it still just fall under the normal marketing department? Um, I think we're either seeing marketing departments being tapped and say, hey, support HR. Um, I It's only, I would say, probably really large companies that might have mm -hmm. someone in marketing that their sole job is to support HR. Um, you know, what I see a lot of HR teams doing as well is just trying to be more proactive about their personal brand as a recruiter mm. um, so that their, you know, their personal LinkedIn, they might have a, a Twitter feed that is just for their individual, but it reflects everything is about the company and about the jobs that they're hiring for at that company. And so that recruiting team, you know, the whole team has kind of their, um, their work persona on Twitter, and then they all kind of share content of you know, promoting the company. Um, and that's just with a talent acquisition team that's doing that together. Um, and I think those are, those are things that are really good. But um, again, if you can tap your marketing team, if you don't have a huge HR team or a huge marketing team, you know, how can you just get a little bit of support from marketing? Maybe it looks at starting with what is some wording 
um, that we can use to talk about what it's like to work here. Then maybe it's reviewing um, reviewing the LinkedIn for your company. Does, it, does the link page for your company just talk about what you do? Does it also talk about what it's like to work there? Same thing for Glassdoor and Indeed. You know, when you think about being a mechanical engineer and you are looking for a job on Indeed, if you type in mechanical engineering jobs, all the, the job descriptions that get pulled up, can you really tell the difference when you click on one job opening versus the other? Can you tell the difference in the company that those are for? Um, you know, what you might be making, what you might be doing. Can you tell it just from the job description? There are ways to incorporate brand directly into, you know, no images, no graphics, just how can you use your words in a job description to make it really apparent of who you're working for? Well, HR, if you're in, in charge of, of writing those job descriptions and getting those live on Indeed, has anyone in marketing kind of helped you a little bit with the company descriptor part? Um, and again, not just we make this gasket to go on, you know, this nut and bolt, but what is it like to work here? Has marketing helped you with that? Um, and so, you know, if marketing, if your marketing and HR aren't talking to each other already and you're in marketing, how can you kind of approach that to not just say, hey, we're going to edit everything you put out there because we think all the writing you have out there is boring. No, you don't, you don't want to approach it that way. You know, start instead with questions um, and then how can, how can marketing help um, really sort of align all of those messages on the different platforms. I do have a question about a term that's come up in the in past discussions are, are legacy teams and those that have been around or at an organization for a long time. When you start to implement some of these changes and you get and, and you put together a mission statement and a branding statement and a brand promise and you start putting all these pieces together, a team that never really had all of these items in place, how how, what are some things that you can do to, to get that team together and, and start reinforcing that new branding, that new image and, and getting them to, I don't want to just say buy in, but really believe in it? Well, I, I think the big thing is, um, speaking from the older generation, um, you have to be able to adapt, right? With, with, with every crisis comes change, right? And, and we've had a lot of crisis. Um, both companies as well as, you know, like even with our, the virus today. And I think the important piece of it is, is, is to listen to our, listen to both, right? Between the generations, listen to both. So I was very fortunate. Rachel and I started working together when she was um, right, uh, straight up out of college. And I've already, I already had a long career. And, you know, I had to listen to say, okay, who, number one, she was part of our market. Um, who do we get to relocate back to West Michigan? And, and, um, and who do we get to, to, to want to um, be attracted to our companies? So I had to listen to that voice from that perspective. But then the other voice too is she's got a lot more skills than I do with the up and coming social channels. So listening to her advice, but she also listened to me too. You know, um, there's, there's that foundation that, you know, these companies have been around for a long time. And we have a lot of companies here that have been around for a long time. They've, they've, they have a foundation. They've been through a lot but they also keep changing and diversifying and doing different things. And that's a combination between both that, that person that's part of that legacy team, but then also that person that's coming up with those new skills. And it's the, it's the, it goes back to the trust and the communication, making sure that you have that really good relationship to, to listen to both sides and, and, and allow for brainstorming and allow for failures and allow for people to, to voice their opinion. Um, you know, I, I, I really think, um, you know, I've been thinking a lot about the recession that we've had before. We didn't have anywhere near the tools that we do today. And if there were things that we've done before and we've got some data we're, we're kind of processing right now from what happened in the past in our community, if we can take that and say, oh, gosh, man, there were a couple of things we did not do right. Well, we have technology now that we might not have to do that again. That's what you want to have happen. So listen to listen to both sides of that story um, and listen to the listen to who the client is and the customers are, because they're the one that ultimately have to be able to understand the message. I may not understand Twitter as much as I should, but if there's a if there are a group of people that that's the, 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 the channel that they're using, then then I hope Rachel knows what she's talking about and, and she can, you know, formulate the, the messages on that on, on that channel. Um, to get our point across and what we want to do. 
You and you know, Josh, I just want to add in real quick, you know, to your to your question about how do you get employees to buy in? It's not just about legacy teams or people who have been there a long time. Um, you know, culture buy-in, that's everyone across the board, whether you're whether you just started yesterday or you've been there for 20 years. And when you when it comes to developing that employment brand and the words and the graphics around it, you can't just look at Google examples and say, well, well, that one sounds good. Let's use that one. Um, it's got to be something that's pervasive in the everyday of, of your work life. Um, because if you're reading one thing of this is what it's like to work here, according to the marketing department, but you go to work every day, then and that's not what you experience. And those are going to be in conflict. And so whatever you come up with really has it's it's better to take what you have and then come up with words that reflect that versus trying to come up with some language and then trying to go make a cultural change to make everyone say this is what it's like to work here. But just making sure that those those two things are in conflict. And that's, you know, a two day old employee who's been there for two days, they can they can feel that just as much as as the 20 year veteran employee. Yeah, that's a good point. Good point. So you talk a lot about culture. Um, and obviously, that's a huge part of not only the company, but the employee brand. What are some of the ways that you've seen either in examples of companies that they've gotten the culture message out there? I know, Rachel, you talked about even small things like putting it in your job descriptions and really highlighting uh, the language there. But are there some other things that you've seen that have worked really well to get that culture message out? Well, and I, th I think a lot of it is, um, you know, I use I use examples um, of companies a lot and, and I'll always go back to enterprise because um, I, I spent a big part of my career there. Um, there's also current ones too that um, are in our West Michigan area, like Consumers Credit Union. It's, it's on their website. I mean, it's their first page. I mean, they're a credit union and we know what that means. Um, and that information's on there, but right away, they're talking right on their front page of their of their site about um, what it what it would take to work there and what the what the culture's like and um, how they how they have fun and what they do and they and it's and it's also shown in the pictures that they show and the visuals but they also do that on Facebook um, and Twitter and Instagram they're always showing things that they're doing from a culture perspective so if if I'm a, if I'm a client or a customer of Consumers Credit Union then yeah you know, I, I want their services and I know that, but wow, look how much fun they're having. It makes me as a, as a customer want to go there because they're having fun, but it also makes me think, geez, do, is there anybody I know that might want to work there? Uh, you know, and, and that's, that's simple. Um, that is absolutely simple. The job description is, is one of the first things that people see, you know, physically see, but even prior to that, like we just kind of answered too, is, is what are, what are the employees, what are they saying about it? Um, because maybe, Maybe at an event um, or some of this social distancing we're doing with the virtual happy hours or that a kid or a student who's home from college hears parents talking back and forth and they hear about their jobs. Hey, my job's doing this for me. My job's doing this for me. And the students overhear it and they're like, really? Where, where's that at? That sounds like a great company for me to go work at. So I, I, I think what, you know, it's, it's a combination of both not only that employee and what they're saying, but then also um, you know, put it as many places as you possibly can, letting people know both the services you provide and then also what it's like to work there. You know, a couple other things besides culture that marketing should really know and be on the same page as with their, their HR team. So when you're trying to work on this collaboration, what are some questions to ask? Um, you know, what types of roles make up the company? What's currently open? What are hard to fill roles, um, you know, that take a lot mm -hmm. of extra time? Um, what are high volume roles? So maybe it's easy to find, but we just need them all the time. Um, where are you finding candidates? Uh, what colleges and universities do you recruit from? Think about the, I mean, the collaboration there. If you, if you know that there's a university that has the program that your company is recruiting from, then can the marketing team put together um, employee testimonials about, hey, you know what? Um, I'm a Spartan and I work here and this is why it's great. And then can, you know, that's not only great for the company, um, to talk about in internal communications, but then also recruiting then can use that same content that you've already invested time in and use it at the college that they recruit from. Um, so just having those open dialogue about, you know, beyond culture, what, what else does it look like for HR? Um, programs that they collaborate with, successful recruiting strategies. How can you either, you know, boost up what is already working or spend time on some places that they need, that they need help with that is maybe not so successful. 
So really having that open dialogue with HR so that, you know, once you get the culture messaging down, what are then other things that you can focus on? Yeah, I think you bring up a really good point too of having that open dialogue with HR to understand what those channels are. Because Cindy, as you mentioned, those channels aren't just for recruiting. Marketers sometimes forget this. Those are channels for potential sales. Because, Absolutely. Yeah. So if, you know, if we're seeing that the company is treating employees well, it's a fun place to work. I'm as a consumer going to want to buy from a company like that. And so marketers need to know all these channels that you and HR and recruiting teams are using as a potential uh, connection point for the consumer brand. And man, if you are a B2C company, you better have a great candidate experience because if, you know, if you have a current customer who goes through and decides to apply for a job um, and the experience isn't good for them, they're going to stop being a customer. Um, And if you have a candidate who goes through and they have a great experience, but you know, they didn't get picked for the job, but this was still a a nice experience with this company, they may turn into a customer. And so if you're a business to consumer business, man, you better have that candidate experience down pat. So let's, let's, sorry, Josh, I totally cut you off because they mentioned mentioned experience and you know, I just like totally got excited. So, Uh, but I just want to talk experience. No, do it, do it. Uh, Josh knows that like customer experience is like one of my my passions uh, from a consumer standpoint, but I think that translates exactly to what you're saying. So how do companies, number one, audit what their candidate experience is? How do they kind of figure out what that is? And number two, if they need to make adjustments, like what are some of the things that they need to consider to build a good candidate experience? Right. From the first one is um, because number one, the candidate's going to tell you. Right. There's so many ways for them to tell you what happened during their experience. And that's that's very true. If and whatever the referral source is going to find out. So, you know, there there's if it's an employer referral, they're going to call their friend and say, your person did this or I'm not hearing back from you. Same thing with the colleges and universities. If they're the referral source, whatever the source is, they're going to find out. And if you have a really good open communication with them, you can find out and then you can really sit back and and figure out where in the process is, is there a fault that you can fix um, and, and make sure there's clear communication on that part. From an HR perspective, there's, there's audits that you can do. There's, there's ways that you can um, kind of research where you're at in your interview process. Um, but you know, a lot of companies don't have that set interview process. So it, it really, you know, it, it really, that information will really come to them probably through the different social media challenges or those referral sources. Um, and, and that's, you know, it's, uh, it's a bummer too, because if they're not gonna, um, if you give them a bad experience and they, they start telling people they're very loud and they're going to tell a lot of people not to use the services. Mm-hmm. You know, I think a candidate experience is, is almost very similar to remote work. And what we were talking about earlier is that communication is really important. So even if, you know, like Cindy said, you, maybe we don't have a set interview schedule or a set recruiting process schedule where, hey, we know in three weeks we're definitely going to be interviewing. Okay. So if you don't know that, no big deal, but just tell me that like, hey, we're still, this is still an open search. You know, we haven't ghosted you, but this is the update and, you know, be timely in that update. Um, Also, you know, the one time that I think not being timely is, is really good is if you are a company that um, utilizes an applicant tracking system or an ATS. In other words, you're a pretty high volume or a large company. The one thing that is so, so discouraging is when you apply to a job and you get an automatic rejection. Um, you know, within, within 24 hours. Yeah. <laughs> like everybody does. <laughs> you know, if, you get, if you get an automatic rejection within 24 hours, you pretty much know that a human did not look at it. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, even if you could set that to be like, you know, what is maybe two business days? So if I apply on a Friday night, I'm not getting rejected on a Saturday night because probably a human is not looking at it on the weekend. Mm-hmm. You know, what, what does that schedule look like? And that's just setting, gosh, like, you know, an auto response time um, on your on your system. Um, you know, wait 48 hours before you, before you send this. Um, but that's one of the, the big, that's the one time I would say, timely communication, I put that in air quotes, timely communication is not so nice is when it's an automatic rejection, you know, when you know, no human looked at it, but just, just talk to people. And if they didn't get it, tell them, um, you know, that's where you can really turn a, a, a no candidate into a possible customer is when you tell them, 
hey, you know, sorry, we had a candidate who um, who was a better fit. Here's either other openings or we hope that that we can stay in touch for the future. Best of luck to you. I mean, you know, give them something um, so that when you when you give them that no, they're going to accept it with a smile as best they can. Mm-hmm. Well, and I love to get, I mean, companies that will give me feedback. If, if you didn't accept me or if I went in for an interview, you know, what was it? Like, help me and, and be honest with me. Is it the way I talk? Did I ramble on too long, which I tend to do because I'm a talker? Like, let me know because I want to know that I can improve that next time. And sometimes after you hear that final no, you will never hear back from them again. And then every once in a while, they'll, they'll give you a little bit of feedback, which, I, which always leaves a pleasant taste in my mouth. Yeah, um, so I think you can... That oh. goes to the HR rule follower <laughs> enforcer thing. <clears throat> so yeah, their HR's taught not to do that. You can't do that. Um, they're taught not to do that. Oh come on, Cindy, and, we're humans. Come on, Josh. The rules. There's rules. What rules, Toby? There's rules. So unfortunately, that's, that's where you bring in marketers, and we'll try right? to help you break those. See, rules. there you go. Yes, yeah, and no, and no lie. That's exactly the truth right there because. Once again, rule, you know, rule enforcer, you know, if, if you slip on what you tell that person and someone gets hired. So if they say, Josh, you talk too much, but then the next guy or gal talk too much and uh, they got hired. Yeah. Dang it. You, you know, know. So that's uh, where marketing, marketing can come in and help and help them design what those, those pass letters or those, those, those scripts look like. Yeah, but maybe it isn't so, you know, from a legal perspective, you aren't able to give that feedback, but we can, you know, fluff up that that absolutely that letter and maybe um i think another big thing that i've seen a lot in recruitment marketing is um they may not have been a good candidate for that position but maybe we put them in like a nurture program because there's going to be another position opening so using a traditional lead generation marketing strategy from the hr side and recruitment side and say you know this person didn't fit this role but let's keep in touch with them and i don't want to i i don't want that just to end right there i need I need people to understand that is so important. And Rachel alluded to it. And now Megan, you alluded to it. Mm-hmm. That is so important. If people are applying for positions and you have that applicant tracking system and you're able as an HR to, um, to, to locate that person that has the skills for the next um, job that's out there, they have to utilize that because mm-hmm. they're already bought in on your company generally, right? They, they're, they're, it's the same thing with Hello West Michigan. If people are really bought, sold on West Michigan, we don't want to lose them. If they get, if they don't get a position at one company, we want to do everything in our power to get them to another company because mm-hmm. they already, they already like half sold. I mean, they're half, they're already sold on the area. Now we just got to get them sold on a company. And so I, I, I really want to make sure that we, we talk about that um, or the importance of that because we already have a candidate pool. Yeah, we already have a candidate pool if they've applied and they don't get it figure out a way to, to get them in the running for a different one. Yeah. So how, I mean, how would you recommend companies to kind of, because that's new to a lot of companies to kind of not just be uh, in that reactive mode of we've got an open position. So how do you get them to transition into that more proactive inbound marketing approach? A lot of conversations, a lot of conversations. And you said it perfectly. It's already a model in marketing. Mm -hmm. This is where marketing can show HR and say, look, we have a model. Take a mm-hmm. look at this. This is what we do. And, and HR is going to be like, oh, man, that might make my job easier. <laughs> right. Um, so let me let me let me tackle that and putting it in in the HR's terms. I mean, in their in their mind or how they can understand it. That's awesome. That's showing value and it's showing a, a really good return on an investment of an idea. Mm-hmm. You know, another way um, we're talking about kind of, um, you know, hacks to make things easier. Um, shameless plug here, you know, hello us, Michigan, our website is an open, is an open resource. Um, so that, you know, on the marketing side of things or HR, you know, selling the community, that's something Cindy mentioned. Um, a lot of that work is already done through HelloUsMichigan.com. So as a company, you know, if you don't have time to invest in creating that message yourself of, of really, um, selling the community, HelloUsMichigan.com already does that with a lot of marketing speak. Um, so that's a great um, resource for both HR and marketing when they're kind of trying to develop, you know, that part of, hey, why would you want to move here for this job that we're trying to recruit you for? That part's already done. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, and I think the other part of the candidate experience that is a great opportunity for marketers, and I would love your thoughts on this too, is from the user experience or the technology side. Um, you know, so even if it's you know the applying online and the friction points that there might be, and how can we eliminate some of those? Somebody was telling me recently that they're they've seen a company start to use chatbots. Um, so when you go on the to look for jobs, somebody's right there chatting with you. Is there something I can help you with? So a very traditional marketing strategy translates to HR. So have you seen that kind of on the rise? Absolutely. And I think once again, that's another way that marketing can, can just add value to an HR process that's already out there. If HR is not doing that right now, it's probably because they think someone has to be working at all hours, 24 seven, to be able to answer those questions. Mm -hmm. Maybe they don't realize that the marketing department's already using technology like that, or yep. maybe they never knew you could put it there. Because that's the same, it's just like Rachel, Rachel mentioned, marketing, you guys are busy, you know, and, and now there's this, this virus of, and then the internal communication and everything, HR is busy. If, if this isn't your um, sweet spot, you may not take the time to look at or set something aside to say, you know, gosh, it'd be great if we could have a system that could talk to somebody as soon as, as, soon as they apply mm -hmm. and be available there. You know, that might not be something I'm even going to think about. But being you guys um, from a marketing perspective, being very proactive to the HR side um, could could totally change the way that we, we market to our candidates. I wish we could keep on talking because so much of this is pertinent, especially with the, the, the state of the, the world right now. But we do have to wrap it up a little bit here. But before we go, is there any other topics that we wanted to that'd be helpful to touch on that we haven't so far? Yeah, you know, I think if you're you're listening to this and you're you've got ways to connect um, I think the next thing that you need to be looking at is remote onboarding. Because, uh, you know, I think with the, with the COVID situation, we don't really know how long it's going to last. Um, and there's only so long that you can delay start dates or offers. Um, and, we, you know, we don't want that to be a reason that your company grinds to a halt. So if you have a new position that you've already identified the person, but you just don't know how to bring them in, um, start looking at remote work uh, and how best your company can start doing that. Interesting. I did, Cindy, I wanted to also ask too, you'd mentioned the word diversity a couple of times throughout, and I'm always curious, how can we work to make our, our teams more diverse, particularly in Northwest Michigan here, Northwest, I used to live in Northwest, particularly here in, <laughs> wait, are we Southwest or Western Michigan? <laughs> West, West. <laughs> Western Michigan. I got to remember where I am. I've, I've moved around quite a bit, so I just have to remember. Um, Cindy, particular here in Western Michigan, where we don't have a whole lot of diversity, how can we be proactive about making our teams more diverse? Sure, absolutely. So um, making sure that we, um, our employers really work at the unconscious bias uh, interview training, making sure that they have really good, solid interview practices, helps um, helps people get um, the opportunity to the number one interview and then also get chosen for work. Um, we also want to make sure that we um, are proactively um, widening our net and when we're when we're trying to um, reach out to people that um, we want to relocate to West Michigan and then also back to West Michigan because we do have a lot of people that are um, from um, our diverse backgrounds um, here that grow up in West Michigan and they leave and we want to make sure number one that they don't leave. Um, that we keep them here and show them opportunities here. And then also if they do leave, let them know that there's an opportunity for them to come back. So from an attraction perspective, there's a lot of different things we can do, but more importantly, we need to retain. So we have people that are here, we need to retain them. We need to go from a helping, you know, community to a belonging community where people, if they, if they do stay, that we embrace people and we're very open to all different types of individuals here. Um, if they move back or move to the area that once again, we're embracing them and showing them all that West Michigan has to offer. And, and that's, I think a whole nother podcast. We can get in a lot deeper than that, but those would be my suggestions. Okay. Yeah. Well, and that hit me too in the launch when you talked about the boomerangs, cause I am a boomerang and I came back to uh, Michigan for family. So you hit the nail on the head with that one. Right. All right, Megan, why don't you take us out uh, our ending with why questions? All right. This is our favorite section, guys. We get to know a little bit more about you personally. So we're going to start with who or what inspires you. So we'll we'll start with Cindy. Who or what inspires you? All right. For my who, I'm doing both. So for okay. my who, it's going to be um, really my parents. And my, my brother owns his own gig. He owns his own business. Um, and he inspires whatever. I mean, his growth, what he does is amazing. 
my parents because of really the foundation that they set for all of us and opportunities that they gave me to be me. Um, and that's, that's really the exciting thing. Um, the what is what inspires me is being able to share knowledge because I've had a lot of opportunities to um, work in, in different industries and, and, and um, learn a lot. Being able to share that just like this, this jazzes me up. Um, opportunities right here where we can share what's going on good that other companies then can be successful. Awesome. Well, we love that you're jazzed about this. Thank you. I'm jazzed off your jazziness. Exactly. It's just, it's infectious. Um, (laughs) Rachel, who or what inspires you? Yeah, you know, uh, through my job, I'm blessed to be able to to work with a lot of students um, and a lot of people who are young in their career and, you know, kind of similar to Cindy, um, sharing knowledge. But for me, it's really kind of seeing Um, seeing the curiosity and seeing people excited about their next step and curious about what's going to make them successful. Um, And then being me being able to share that experience with them. That's a part of my job that I love. Um, But it is really inspiring when you see students who are they're they're getting ready to take that next step um, and how exciting that is for them. All right. Based off of what you've learned throughout your career, what is one piece of advice for others that you would share? And what would that be? Cindy, we'll start with you. Thanks, Josh. Utilize mentors and be a mentor. Ah, Mm. that's a good one. That is a good one. All right, Rachel. Uh, Mine would be to go for it. You know, I think we we are always wondering if we are ready, uh, always wondering what happens if we fail. We're always thinking that it's not the right time. I think if... um, if any company had ever been pondering, should we put a remote work policy in place? <laughs> um, and they say, no, this isn't the right time or we're not ready for it or what if it doesn't work? Um, this is a perfect example of that is that, you know, just kind of automatically we are all, most of us are here working remotely um, and just jump in and go for it. You know, um, I think we are, we all talked about, oh, there's these different video, you know, video platforms, but um, you should video, but no one actually did it. And, you know, I think um, our team personally has been really cool about like, hey, let's try this one or let's try this one or let's throw something on the calendar. Um, so, you know, I think just going in and, and and going for it, no matter what it is, whether it's remote work or a different job or a different field or trying something new um, or maybe just starting a hobby, uh, you know, those are just just go for it. I love, love it. it. I love it. Mentors and go for it. Good, good advice. Well, and I, I do want to share mine because I've shared this one in past podcasts, Megan. I think it's it's very um, applicable here today. Mm-hmm. And, and mine has really always been, I'll make it the cheesy, teamwork makes the dream work. And you know what <laughs> I've learned in my career, because I've had some really awesome teams that everybody jives, everybody gets along, everybody covers each other's back. And, and, and I've hired some people that you know I've looked for um, strengths that they have that are my weaknesses. And it's just the things that you can do with those teams. It's like, I would take them anywhere and I would do anything with them just because I, I know like together, there's nothing that we can't tackle. And that's, that's the whole, the whole premise of HR and, and adding people to your team. So, um, that's mine. And Megan, I think you need to share yours now. All right. Mine, uh, my advice is always to trust your gut. Um, I, and that kind of goes along with Rachel's trusting your gut and knowing just, when you have that gut feeling about something, whether it's a new opportunity, a new dream, um, even a risk, just trusting your gut and going with it. I love it. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Cindy and Rachel, for joining us today. Loved our chat. And thank you for uh, adjusting so quickly to the remoteness that uh, we were able to do this virtually. We really appreciate that. Um, if our marketers, our listeners have any other questions, where might they be able to reach you? Uh, hello, WestMichigan.com is always open and always up. Um, that's a great place to get in touch with us. Also our social channels, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and Instagram. Hello, West Mish, M-I-C-H. Yep. And the right place, um, is where I'm housed and same thing. We've got the social channels and, um, I'm available to chat at any time. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you guys so much. Yeah. Really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank and, you. And of course, one more shout out to our sponsors that make all of this programming possible uh, year round. Gold sponsors, MI Biz and Viscom Media, Silver sponsors, PageWorks, Bird and Bird Studio and Red 66 Marketing, Bronze sponsors, OFA and Grand Valley State University, Conference and Event Planning and our podcast sponsor, River City Studios. Megan, as far as what's next, what's next? I know. 
kind of nobody knows at this point uh, as, as we're in this time of uncertainty. But for us here at AMA West Michigan, um, you'll be kind of receiving some communication from our board members here shortly. Um, but in accordance with uh, the directive of, you know, staying home and, and staying healthy and, and really, uh, you know, being there for our community, we have decided to cancel our April and May uh, in-person luncheon events, um, which sadly does effectively end our season since we normally end in May. But since we're marketers and we love to adapt to things, uh, we are looking at virtual options uh, for those uh, April and May luncheons, and we'll be communicating that here shortly. But Josh and I are going to be around as well. Uh, that's the beauty of technology is that we can do this podcast remotely, and we're still going to be bringing you great content. Um, and so we'll have podcasts coming out here in the next months as well. Yeah, stay tuned. We're, we're trying to get together with um, some, some of the local PRSA organization to talk a little bit about branding and marketing and crisis communication. A lot of what we kind of talked about today, uh, which I think will be very applicable for everybody in these, these uncertain times. So everybody stay home, stay safe, hashtag self-quarantine, hashtag be healthy. Yeah. And just a huge shout out from AMA. And I know Cindy and Rachel, you both mentioned it too, but to all those on the front lines, you know, our first responders, healthcare teams, those working in grocery stores all right now, we just sending love and thoughts to you guys. Thank you guys. Thank you. Thank you. We're online at amawestmichigan.org and active on social media, where you can connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn. The national hub for the American Marketing Association is ama.org, where you can also find a chapter near you. The Marketers in Motion podcast is on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and at amawestmichigan.org, where we encourage you not only to subscribe and share our podcast, but review, ask questions, get involved, and engage with us. Don't forget important links, content, and resources will be included in the show notes for this podcast. Thanks for listening to the Marketers in Motion podcast, powered by the West Michigan chapter of the American Marketing Association. What will you do with the information you learned today? Be inspired. Be creative. Be bold. Set your marketing in motion.